Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you giving all that we are and all that we have to you. Lord, these words from Isaiah just echo in my heart today as we seek to be faithful witnesses to your word. There is a lot of hurt in our world today. And you have called us as the church to be there for those who are in trouble, to weep with those who mourn, to comfort those who are sick, to be a healing presence because you have healed us. So God, as we continue to be faithful to the call that you have placed on us, Allow us to see what you've seen. So, Lord, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, today we are uh, concluding our series on Abraham, and I, I hope uh, that this, ser- this uh, series has been a blessing to you as we taken a look at uh, one of the characters that's really the backbone of, of who we are as a people of faith. You know, Abraham is not only just important uh, to our story as followers of Jesus Christ, but we also know that you know, the, uh, the uh, Jewish faith holds a very strong significance to the story of Abraham, as well as the Muslim faith holds uh, importance to uh, who Abraham was in their story. And this particular story that we're, we'll be looking at is a story that, that goes across all three spectrums, uh, that they, they look at it as, and hold it dear because it helps them see and helps us see the relationship of Father Abraham to us. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series, is that, you know, sometimes we get so easy to know that we have these characters in Scripture or, or these, these Bible stories that we may look at. You know, I, I do a, a daily app a read on Bible.com and uh, have the app on my phone, and every day I start my morning off reading through several different Scriptures, and I, I realize that every once in a while I'll just flip through the passages quickly, and we don't really take in what we read, but it's important that we take time to take in the importance of these characters. And I hope over the past four weeks that you have seen the importance of Abraham and that that story has become a part of who you are. You know, we started talking about Abram Abram at the time, and his family moved from Ur all the way to the promised land, living out the promise that God gave them, that, that there would be a mighty nation uh, come out from Abraham. 
and Abram just took off, and, and he left everything that he had to, to be reestablished in this new land. And remember, the, the key that we had in that passage was that God said that uh, he was going to bless Abraham so that he may be a blessing to the entire world. And we've seen that, that, that because Abraham was a blessing, we are blessed, and then we are called to be that blessing towards others. But just because we're a blessing doesn't mean that we're not flawed. And Abraham had many times in his story where he thought he knew exactly what he needed to do and said, I got this God, I have this all taken care of, and we'll just move forward. And every single time that Abram and Abraham did that, he got himself into a big mess that God then helped reorganize and straighten. Of course, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, it wasn't fixed totally, but God was able to use those moments to allow grace to move through Abraham's life and Sarah's life and, and those that Abraham uh, did wrong to during the story. And it all holds together because of the covenant that we talked about last week. How important it was to, for Abraham to know and for us to know that God will always be there for us in the midst of trouble, in the midst of when times are tough. And, and possibly today, that promise is holding closer to you now than it was a week ago. That while we may have difficult times coming in our lives, we have that promise that no matter what goes on, God will always be there for us. Well, today we are finishing up the series, and we're going to look at really the last major act in Abraham's life. After chapter 22, we still see mention of Abraham here and there, but he becomes more of a minor character, and his son Isaac becomes the main character of the, of the story of, of Genesis. So if you have your Bibles with you, we've we got a, kind of a little bit of a trek to take in our scripture today. We'll be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, and we'll have the words up on the screen for you to follow along, but if you want to open up your Bibles to follow along, please do so. So hear the word of the Lord. After these events... God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, Abraham answered, I am here. God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up as an entire burnt offering there on one of the mountains that I will show you. Abraham got up early in the morning, harnessed his donkey and took two of his young men with him together with his son, Isaac. He split the wood for the entirely burnt offering. He set out and went to the place that God had described to him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place at a distance. And Abraham said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will walk up there, worship, and then come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the entire burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. He took the fire and the knife in his hand, and the two of them walked on together. 
Isaac said to him, said to his father Abraham, My father, Abraham said, I'm here, my son. Isaac said, Here is the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the entirely burnt offering? Abraham said, The lamb for the entirely burnt offering? God will see to it, my son. The two of them walked on together. They arrived at the place God had described to him. Abraham built an altar and there and arranged the wood on it. He tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. But the Lord's messenger called out to Abraham from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Abraham said, I'm here. The messenger said, don't stretch out your hand against the young man and don't do anything to him. I now know that you revere God and didn't hold back your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked up and saw a single ram caught by its horns in the dense underbrush. Abraham went over, took out the ram, and offered it as an entirely burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named the place the Lord sees. And that is the reason people today say, on that mountain the Lord is seen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So once again, we are face to face with another difficult text. How in the world could God call Abraham to take his son up to a mountain and then sacrifice him? That's just not done. You just don't do that. Now, in order to understand, back in that day, now, maybe hard to hear, child sacrifices were not an uncommon thing. Many other gods required or, or called for children to be sacrificed to them. One of the gods that I can think of is a god by the name of Moloch, and we hear in uh, Exodus and into the Gospels about how that practice was detestable. But through that practice and, and through that story, we have this story come up where Abraham is told to take his son and place him on an altar and sacrifice him entirely to God. Now, there are many different ways that we can take a look at this. You know, for, for, for Jewish and, and for Muslim children, this story is a story that it's a complete submission or obedience to God. And maybe if you were like me growing up as a, a, a Christian, you kept hearing this story as a way to say that this is putting total faith in God, that, that God can do anything. God could bring Isaac back to life. Or it's a way that we can look forward to a, a different type of sacrifice, a sacrifice that one of our kids mentioned uh, during our young disciples' time about how Jesus sacrificed himself for us. And if you listen to the story, you hear some of those same words that are repeated that we remember in the Christ story. They were on a three-day journey, and Christ was in the tomb for three days. 
Abraham put the wood on top of Isaac, where Isaac carried the wood up the mountain, and Jesus himself carried the cross to Calvary. See, those are ways that we can take a look at the story, but it still doesn't take the sting away from those words in Genesis, does it? It still gives us kind of a pause and kind of a way to go, how in the world could a loving God do this? But I think God is at work through the story. And God's actions in the story allows us to see how he is bringing the entire story of Abraham together in this one passage. We see everything from Abraham's faithfulness. We see him moving through his flawed nature to live in the promise that God has given him. Let's take a look at this uh, through three different scenes in this passage. The first one is from verse 2. God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah. Offer him up as an entire burnt offering there on one of the mountains that I will show you. From the time Abraham left the land of Ur and moved into the promised land, there was one promise that God held for him, is that he would have many descendants. And we know before, uh, Abraham and Sarah decided to try to circumvent this, and they brought in a servant girl to, to help Abraham give birth to a child, but that child wasn't the one that was promised. It was Isaac. So, I wonder, as Abraham is standing there and God is calling him to take his son far away, 40 miles or a three-day journey away and sacrifice him, if Abraham is once again saying to himself, okay, how can I beat this? I tried to beat this before. You know, first a couple times by passing off Sarah as my sister instead of my wife, and then the whole thing with Hagar trying to give birth to another son. Well, Sarah made me push that son aside, but all I have is Isaac. Now, we may have different views about how old Isaac was, but we look and see that, you know, the pictures that we see, the cute little pictures of, I don't know if you want to say cute, but the pictures with Abraham walking alongside a, a preteen or a, a little boy, Isaac wasn't that old. Isaac was much older. He would say Isaac was probably in his 30s at this time. So he was a grown man that, that God had made this promise, and God was saying, take this grown man who is going to be the the one that I promised you and sacrifice him and, and get rid of him. So Abraham realized that there was really nothing else that I can do. I must move forward in faith. And we see that faith play out in our second scene from verse 5. Abraham and Isaac arrived at the place where their, 
with their workers, and Abraham says to the young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Go ahead and leave that up there for, for right now. Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. So Abraham is saying that the boy and I, we are going to go somewhere else. And we are going to spend time in worshiping. And then we will come back to you. I think at this point in time, as as Abraham has, has grown in his faith in God and saw God move in ways that were probably beyond his imagination, he knew that God was up to something. He knew that God was going to get ready to do something miraculous because he said that we're going to go over here, but both of us, even though he knew he was sent to sacrifice his son, both of us will be right back here. Life throws us a bunch of curves, doesn't it? And sometimes we may look at what is happening around us, and we wonder, how in the world can God be active? How in the world can God be moving in the world around us when we see famine, when we see war, when we see destruction, when we see families being torn apart, when we see warring views on different political agendas? We wonder, how in the world can God be faithful? How in the world can God use this situation for good? When I look at the story of Abraham, I see my story. And I wonder how God can continue to move through life. But the thing about it, even though I may not want to, I still have to move forward. I still have to trust that God is there. I still have to trust that that God is working in a way and that the only way that I will have an opportunity to meet with God and to see what God is doing in my life or the life of those around me that I love is that I have to move forward. Even when moving forward could be the hardest thing to do in the world. And that leads us to our final scene from verses 11 and 13. So Isaac and Abraham are up on the mountain. And and Abraham is getting ready to, to, to give his son up. And the scripture continues saying that the Lord's messenger calls out to Abraham from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham says, I am here. And the messenger said, don't stretch out your hand against the young man and don't do anything to him. I now know that you revere God and didn't hold back your son, your only son, from me. Abraham looked and saw a single ram caught by its horns in the dense underbrush. And Abraham went over, took the ram, and offered it as an entirely burnt offering instead of his son. Can you imagine 
what the story would have looked like if Abraham did what he did before and tried to circumvent God's plan in this moment. If Abraham decided to go one way instead of head towards Mount Moriah. If Abraham decided just to stay put and allow Isaac to grow up and to, to be uh, the father, what would have happened? We wouldn't have seen God move in this way. We wouldn't have seen God work through this covenant promise that, that no matter what is going on, God's faithfulness is always there. So my friends, as we conclude the story of Abraham, there's a question. What is God working in and through your life now that you just need to keep moving through? Is it cancer? Is it trouble at work? Is it family issues? Is it not knowing exactly where you fit into this world, but you feel like God is calling you to do something? Because the truth is that God is moving in our lives. God continues to move in us through our faith, and God gives us promises that he will be with us every step of the way. It had to be hard for Abraham to take a three-day journey with his son, knowing that he was at the end of his line. But there had to be something in Abraham's life at that time, knowing that that's not the end of the story, that God had something more for him. And my friends, God has that exact same word for you today. Whatever you may be going through, it's not the end of the story. God is not done working in and through your life. Sometimes we just have to keep moving. Sometimes we have to trust that while we may not feel God at this moment, that God is there. And God will show up. And God will be active and move in your life so that then you may give honor and glory and praise to him. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the story of Abraham. And we thank you that through his life, hopefully we have had the opportunity to see our lives. Through his life, we see how faithfulness works, how, how we are called to move when you call us to move. Hopefully we see how Abraham was flawed and how Abraham tried to circumvent to make his way the way that he wanted it to go, that we see that in our lives. But know that we can lean on the promises that God has so graciously given to us. And God, help us to see 
that not only the covenant that you have given us through the Old Testament, but more importantly, the covenant that you have given us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can live in the fullness of love and grace so that whatever may be going through our lives right now, we can then share how you have moved and how you continue to guide us and lead us. So, Lord, we give thanks for who you are and for what you have done in and through us. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.